Welcome to the local podcast. I'm your host, Clay Berkland. With me today is Samantha Wager, one of our lenders in the Spearfish branch. Um, and we're going to talk some about consumer residential lending. Welcome to the local podcast, Sam. Thanks, Clay. Thanks for having me today. Absolutely. So in my years of banking, uh, one thing I've got to experience quite a little of, and it's one of the more exciting things we get to do, is get people into a new home. Um, it can be pretty daunting uh, if you haven't done it before. And let's be honest, very few of us do it 10 times. So usually the first time we do it is quite a learning experience for us. And for a lot of folks, it's the only time they ever do it in their life. So help walk me through the steps, Sam, how we get to do this uh, a little more simplistically and take some of the, the pitfalls out that people can step into. Uh, what are the questions you get and how can, how can we ease that transaction for people? Sure. Um, I think, you know, for a lot of folks, like you said, can be a pretty daunting task, but um, it should be a fun. It should be uh, a new chapter in your life where you go in and, and you put all this thought into building this home that maybe you intend to live on for the rest of your life. Um, one of the key things is to not stress. I know that's easier said than done. So, you know, organizing, um, one of the biggest things that I can say is uh, do your research. Um, make sure you have a really good conversation with some general contractors in the area to get a feel for their building style, the communication style, um, you know, to, to get your needs best suited and to ask a lot of questions. Um, it's very important to ask your your lender. There's there's never too many, in my opinion, to ask just to be comfortable because it, at the end of the day, it's my job to make this um, a less stressful process for you so that you can get in that house and enjoy it for many years to come. So the f first step for somebody, is it to come to talk to you, or should they maybe kind of have a, a lot decided upon, uh, maybe a budget laid out, or do you help lay that budget out with people? I do, yes. And I think you can look at it from a couple different perspectives. Um, you know, if you don't have a lot put together at this point, it still doesn't hurt to have a conversation to understand what the process is going to look like, what fees might become involved, um, you know, does it fit within your budget. Um, so I, I think it's... For me, I think just to get an understanding of, of what your story is, is to come in and, and make a make an appointment or stop in to come see me and, and let's lay it out on the table. You know, what's your goal for this project? What's your budget in mind? You know, I, I have the tools to help you get to that point, but we got to look at it from full picture. And, and once you're comfortable with that process, then, you know, the application process is pretty straightforward. Uh, for us, we can either give you a paper app or, or have you apply online. Um, but then that gives you a general idea of what you're going to be looking for, a loan amount. Um, at that point, you typically have your contractor involved and, and uh, maybe have a bid and some plans of what to look, you know, what this process is going to look like. Um, because when we make our loan amount or the financing amount, we, we go off of what we call total project cost, and that would be your bid plus your lot financed, and we do 80% of that. So a lot of people come to me and they ask, well, how much do I have to have prepared down? Well, short answer to that is 20%. And um, there's a few other things that go into that, which we can touch more on later throughout, but just having a general idea of, of what you want built and how much that's going to be and, and also kind of get a picture of what the market is doing. You know, materials in this last year has been is pretty been pretty high, pretty volatile. It's it's been kind of a wild ride, and so, um, you know, fit, fitting in that into your budget and, and cushioning a little bit for cost overruns or something of that nature. Um, typically, I like to say five to ten percent to be prepared for that conversation. 
so to get yourself in a position where you have the your down payment in place in cash uh, and ready to fire so we don't get the cart too far ahead of the horse how long would it typically take you to get a construction loan put together when somebody has the information just you know so we have a lead time of sure. you're gonna do this in two months is that enough time or sure six months out so um in preparation it kind of can go as quick as you want it to really um the one thing that ends up taking a little bit more time is when we order the appraisal. Historically, over the last six months, we've been seeing those anywhere from six to eight weeks. But I called here last week just to kind of check in to see if that time frame is shortened up. And and it, it seems to have. Um, so anywhere from two to three weeks to get an, an inspection done appraisal. And so I would say from, from the time of application, if you have all your ducks in a row to the time the appraisal is completed, um, to establishing a closing date, I would say four to five weeks is feasible to get the construction loan um, closed and ready for disbursement. Okay, and do you typically work with a general contractor through the customer, or is that something you take care of yourself? Um, typically, the borrower will have a general in place. Um, I get asked a lot, can I be my own general contractor? And, you know, we take that case by case, but if I can recommend anything to anybody that is looking to start uh, down the process of construction lending or financing, I would say one of the most important things is to find a good general contractor because they're organized. Um, they have a, an established set of subs that they work with to get the project done. Um, you know, they've been ordering material. They know what that's going to look like, what the process is, is going to be for that. Um, delays, if any, you know, those are the guys that and gals that are going to be able to, to help make this process easier for you. Um, I know they're very busy, but they will answer your questions. And at the end of the day, um, they're building a house and it's marketing for them. They're going to do a good job and they're going to make sure they take care of you. Typically, the experience they have is valuable to you and that they can bridge some of the, the creek crossings that we come to <laughs> in the process. Is that accurate to, to say? Absolutely. Um, I, I work a lot with um, different contractors in the community and, you know, it's it's uh, it's something that um, I think is a valuable a valuable asset for anybody that is getting into to borrowing money for a, a project as such as these that we see um, a pretty large scale. And so you may have some, you know, background in concrete or maybe some background in framing or something along those lines. And that could be a useful uh, part of the project. I mean, you might have a contractor that would allow you to, to work with you on the project. It all depends on what their comfortability level is. Um, so if you, if if you want a hands-on feel, uh, maybe that would be my suggestion is maybe find somebody that would work with you to, to let you be part of the project versus taking it all on uh, by yourself. So I've got my down payment put together. I've found a lot that I want to build on, and I've picked a general contractor. What's my next step? Do I need to come visit with you at that point? Is that? Yep, yep. So once you have all of those items in place, um, you know, come either have that pre-conversation with me or if you're ready to get the application on the table and move forward, um, you know, you're a little bit time sensitive when you get these bids, their estimate for one, and they can change substantially throughout the process, um, you know, given the the fluctuation in pricing of materials. So I would say if you're ready to go, the, the next step would be, um, you know, when you want to start building and they have the availability to get that application in and, and let's start uh, looking at what you um, are looking at for loan amount and and get started with that uh, so the, closing your loan. what financial information do I need to bring with me to get that process 
on the road with you? Well, majority of the information, um, you know, when filling out your application, try to be as thorough as process, excuse me, as possible. Um, however, eventually, we, you know, we don't require you to bring it up front, but eventually we will need income verification documents, whether that be a uh, couple of years tax returns, pay stubs, W-2s. It ultimately depends on if you're a self-employed borrower or if you are a W-2 wage earner. Um, so everybody will be a little bit differently in that regard. But the most information that you have um, up front, the easier it is to get this done in a quickly, quick manner. And so organization, is, as far as that goes, is key. So, yeah. So what, the next step then, we start talking about some of the costs involved with acquiring the loan. Uh, what, are the, what are the normal costs that we have in a construction loan? I think that is something that is pretty early on in the conversation we start talking about fees because you have your down requirement and then you have your closing fee. So you'll have your loan uh, origination, you'll have an evaluation or appraisal based off of your loan amount. Um, there's going to be title fees uh, with doing a construction loan. There'll be a disbursement fee through the title company uh, for them to run the draw process, which we can touch on a little bit later if you're curious. And... Um, you know, filing of your mortgage, flood, whether you live on Mount Everest or down in the valley below, we, we'll order a flood on that to ensure that that hasn't changed over the years. So, A question I've had a lot over the years is, why do I need title insurance? And you, you talk about the draw process. Uh, for somebody that hasn't done it before, it is confusing. So walk me through that, uh, why we need title insurance and what the draw process looks like. So one thing we stress when we are initially having our conversation about new construction and can I start early? That's something that happens a lot. Yep. And for me um, and, and for the bank too as a whole, we order that title insurance so that it uncovers any kind of liens that could be up. We want clear title when we, when we go through this process. And so something that happens occasionally is folks start uh, maybe digging their foundation early before they come talk to me. Well, that can be problematic in receiving title um, insurance coverage on that project because, say, the contractor that you might have hired to do that job um, claimed that he wasn't paid and maybe slapped a mechanics lien on your property. That gets problematic when it comes to getting started, and we are unable to issue those funds unless we are properly insured. And so if you would like to um, maybe potentially have that conversation about an early start. It's something that you'll want to have with your lender one. Um, you'll want to talk to the title company um, to see if they would be comfortable. Say you have the liquidity to start early and you're going to use your own cash to fund the project. Um, but to uh, touch on the importance of getting those invoices and having those mechanics lien waivers signed to allow for that insurance to be placed. So if they... If the title company is comfortable with us starting early, then we just submit draws through them, and then they they make they issue payment instead of you, yep. so that they can insure that. Then, as your construction loan begins to disperse over time, all those draws go through the the title company. Yep. So you're um, a lot of the builders in our area are very comfortable with that process. So that's another important key factor when you're talking about having a general or not. They know that process with our local title companies for the most part. And so they'll uh, put together their draw sheet and the invoices. Um, the disbursement manager at the title company will send that out to, um, if the 
to have the, excuse me, the borrower sign, the contractor will sign, and the lender will sign before any funds go out. Yep. So it's kind of a security measure for all parties. And it's an organizational thing, too. Um, you can go back and look through your draws to make sure that things are tracking along the yep. way. And that's something that I do um, with my borrowers is to check in and to, you know, we look at what money is being requested and what work is being done. So whether we're out on inspection or taking a look at the project, we can kind of make sure that they match. Tell me about the inspections. What's that look like through the process? I would say that's probably one of the, the funnest parts of my job. <laughs> um, it you is you plan your new floor plan for the Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get a lot of really good ideas. Um, no, so I, I go out from, you know, the, the early first draws that are, are put through and, and go out um, pretty fairly often, really, just to make sure that the project is progressing. And so you get a foundation in, you get framed, um, you start doing some drywall on the interior, making sure... You know, because if there's if there's some things that are coming up in the project that weren't laid out on the plan, say you've made some additions. Well, we want to know about that because mm. when we're ordering an appraisal, um, and I guess maybe I'll touch into that real briefly, it's a two-part appraisal. And so your first inspection is going to be based off of they're going out to your property, they're looking at the bids and the plans that were put together um, and, and establishing a value based off of that and comparables in the area. And so if there's something drastically changing along those ways, that's going to maybe um, either po positively or negatively affect your value. We'll want to yeah. know because um, that'll change what your, your value is at the end of the day. And so going on these inspections just helps me get an, an idea of what is being done and keep a timeline um, of the project to ensure that it's getting done in the amount of time that we put forth. Um, generally, we can do a 12-month construction loan, and so if we're we're getting towards that 12 months and we're only about 50% done, you know, then that conversation is had about, you know, extending or yep. maybe having having uh, some additional conversations. So if we have a 12-month construction loan, how do I start making payments right away on the full amount, or how does that work? So the great thing about uh, your construction loan, um, I get the the big eyes, you know, at the beginning of the conversation is what is this? What are these payments going to look like? So the great thing about the construction financing is they're interest-only payments based off of what you have drawn at that given time. So say um, your your first couple months, you've got a little, you got a foundation in, and and you've got some, you know, your shingles or your siding things are kind of coming in place after you get framed. Um, each month is going to be different based off of how much you have drawn, and you're paying interest only on that draw. So if you have 100000 drawn and your project is $500,000, you are only going to be paying interest on that, that 100000 at that time. So we all get excited to move into our new home before it's done. Uh, when can I move in? Well, <clears throat> typically you want to have that owner occupancy certificate before you start getting moved in. I know it's really exciting to you know, start moving your things in. But a number of things can come at play, whether it be liability reasons or, you know, being in the way of your your job getting finished. Um, also, insurance is a big thing. Um, a lot of questions I get is, you know, do I need to have an insurance policy in place during this construction project? And, and the answer is yes. And a lot of times your builder will have something uh, called like a builder's risk policy. And one of the key factors to keep in mind is if you're moving in early and you have that occupancy certificate, 
is to make sure that you have gone and enforced homeowner's insurance on your property because the moment you start moving your boxes in, um, a lot of times that builder's risk becomes void and it's your liability now. So something to keep in mind. You mentioned the appraisal happens in two parts. This is kind of when the next appraisal happens and when you're ready to move in. So your next appraisal will happen generally uh, before you get moved in. Um, we'd like We'd like to have the house at completion in, in all cases before you move in, but there are definitely circumstances. Your final inspection is going to most cases be a recertification of value. So I noted earlier on if you have some big changes that come up in your process, we'll want to know because it might make more sense for you to get a full new appraisal based off of you know the adjustments that were made. Um, with a recertification of value, they're just going to take a look at what was built and make sure it matches up with the plans and the information that you provided them to the beginning to make sure that that house is still worth what you anticipated it being. So the certificate of occupancy, who does that come from and how does that process work? Um, so a lot of times you'll work with your contractor to get your certificate of occupancy, but you'll work with... Um, Planning and zoning, Pla somebody along Yeah, planning and zoning, okay. somewhere along those lines. But in most cases, your builder will be the one that will be getting that ready for you. Okay, and once you have that, you can go ahead and move in after you've contacted your insurance company. Yes, told make sure you, you make sure you talk to that insurance company. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be taking that risk on yourself in your, in your new home. No. So we're ready to move in. Now what? So with our construction process, um, it's um, a stepping stone to the final picture. So at the beginning of your conversation that you're having with your lender, you know, one of the things that you talk about with them is uh, secondary financing, if that is your goal. And maybe I should have noted that at the beginning of this conversation, but when we do your qualifying, we'll make sure that we're running numbers of what it would look like today in the secondary market. And to make sure that at the end of this project, that's where you intend to go, we get you there. And so... Um, you know, we, I, I start working with um, our in-house secondary mortgage lenders. When you're about 90 days out of the, the project, um, we'll start, you know, discussing what rate locks look mm -hmm. like and things like that. Um, I always try to make sure you get um, comfortable with those folks and introduced to them in the early stages of mm -hmm. the process. So if you have any questions for them along the way, too, it's a great thing about Pioneers. We're a great big team. And so we work hand-in-hand hand, um, with the next step to make sure it's a, a seamless transfer for you into the secondary market. And if secondary market is not the route you want to go and, and you intend to pay the, you know, the balance off, say you have a house to sell or something along that nature, um, then when we start getting to the end of that project, we figure out what it's going to take to get that done as well. Or maybe it's an in-house option. You know, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it and have that conversation. Okay, well, the 500-pound the gorilla in the room is, what's the, what are the interest rates going to be? And that's one of the first questions we typically get. Uh, <laughs> you know, for 10 years, yeah. we could almost tell you on within five basis points what that was going to be, but our, our rate environment has changed so rapidly in the last six months that uh, it's pretty hard to predict that. So when we're making our anticipatory rates for where our secondary market financing is going to be, we kind of have to blow those up a little bit just to yep. make sure we have a comfort zone, right? Yep. I, I try to be as conservative as I can with some of those things. And so um, I like to build in the cushion of, of rate just to make it a comfortability level because at the end of the day, you know, we've seen things jump 
a substantial amount of time from the project of someone starting their construction process to ending and getting into the the final secondary market by a couple percent. You know, we've seen some some pretty big swings. And so at the beginning of the process, it's it's our job to to make sure that we account for some of those things mm-hmm. and and to set realistic expectations with yeah. our borrowers, you know, have a backup plan, right? Yep. Have, you know, maybe you have some cash in the bank for overages or uh, maybe to cut down on your loan amount for the, you know, your final financing because those jumps in, in interest rate can drastically change what your monthly payment's going to be at the end of the day. And so those are all things you want to keep in mind. Um, what I can say about rates is we kind of take it, you know, as they come in and just realistic with our borrowers. If I have somebody who comes and talks to me in June, but we don't start the project until September, you know, there's been a lot of time in between those those time period. And when we first have our initial conversation, um, you know, rates, it's not necessarily a lock. It's more of a conversation because yeah. it's pretty fluid. And it, it's very fluid here in the last three months for sure. So yeah. something <clears throat> that you want to pay attention to as you're going through that. But we're not going to get a commitment out of you today then, are we? I'll just say we, we try to stay pretty <laughs> we try to be competitive. Fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> so the questions I get just over coffee with people mm-hmm. as we talk about these, uh, can I, what if I want to have a commercial shop on my, on my construction loan? Can we do that? So that would be something I'd have to to add add to my repertoire of, of people that I work with. Um, we've got some pretty fantastic commercial lenders um, in our group, and it would be a conversation to to be had as far as what that picture would look like. Um, you know, when I'm doing my loan, I'm basing it off of what your project that you're coming to me from the beginning of, of the conversation. And so... Um, a commercial shop is probably not something I can add on to my. Uh, Typically, gets out of the realm of uh, consumer. Consumer, real consumer real estate uh, lending. I also yeah. have a lot of people wanting to know <laughs> if they can can get twenty five or thirty five or forty acres financed into a construction loan, and that that market has changed a lot in the last fifteen years. I would say. Yeah. Um, I have a secondary market loan financed on forty acres. I don't even know if we can do that anymore. There are some some guidelines and some restrictions when it comes to financing in the secondary market. Typically, you're you're safe under 40, 40 and below. Um, you know, there are things that you can do to talk to your secondary market lender when it comes to that time, or maybe it would be better suited in house. You know, we we always have options as far as that goes. Um, but that's a conversation that you have, you know, at the beginning is we'll want to know how big your property is and what that's going to look like. Um, surely we can, you know, bundle that into the financing as long as you have your 20% down requirement. And A lot of times it comes down to having an appraisal of like properties in the area, doesn't right, it? Right, comparable sales. Um, a lot of times you'll get, you know, some, some more high-end um, construction projects that come in and the cost and, and the, the bells and whistles that you put in sometimes can't relate across the board and, and you might have trouble with, you know, yep. getting your value from that standpoint. And when that happens, if you have um, an appraisal that comes in under what your total project cost was, we do our loan, and this is an important note to make, based off of the lesser of cost or appraisal. So okay. if your appraisal comes in less than to what you put into the project, um, your, your bid is a hard cost. And you'll just need to make sure that, you know, at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay that somehow. And so um, that's a, a realistic conversation to have at the at the get at the get go. We order that appraisal before we we make the loan just to make sure that 
you know, there's no surprises. So. Any other things you can think of that we need to touch on for people to help smooth the process out any or questions you often get? You know, <clears throat> one thing um, I am very thankful for is that I, I have luckily have been able to go through this process personally. So I use that to relate to a lot of my borrowers that come in, yeah. and I think it's very helpful in a sense because it's kind of a scary conversation to have off the front. Yeah, especially when you're when you're working on that with with your partner, or, you know, there's a lot of things, and you know, maybe that word compromise comes down the the line a little bit. But um, we're not having a three story doghouse. <laughs> yeah. So you know, from what I can say is, ask all the questions. You're never gonna bother me with too many questions because I've been in your shoes. Um, be realistic about your budget. When we make our, you know, when we do our underwriting for this financing, there's a few things that we don't take into consideration, like, you know, your your daycare bill maybe or your utilities or your grocery bill. Um, you want to be able to enjoy life other than living in that big pretty house, you know. And so set a realistic budget for yourself and know, at you know, this is what we're comfortable with borrowing and this is what it would look like for, you know, life outside the house. Um, so make sure you have that conversation, I suppose, and and uh, try not to, to stress over the small stuff. Um, be active in the process with things getting done. Uh, make sure you're following along and, and watching the, you know, don't just sign off on those draw sheets just because, you know, your builder signed off. Make sure you take a look at them. Make sure that they make sense to you. Um, and I do my due diligence in that regard as well to before the money goes out that we look at that as well. So um, those are the main things, you know. I, there's a lot of things that can happen. There's a lot of fine tuning that can be done, um, a lot of moving parts with the construction process. But having a, an open communication with your lender to help make that a, a smooth process is really important. Well, this has all been very educational. I hope people find use of it. And if they, they have more questions of you, where can they contact you, Sam? Uh, you can contact me at uh, Pioneer Bank in Spearfish. Um, you can either send me an email at Samantha W at PioneerBankandTrust.com um, or you can reach me at the main branch. Um, we are going to be moving into our, our new branch here in, in a few short months, so be happy to... Exciting times. Yeah. New, new construction is, is something I'm very familiar with. <laughs> Thank you for your time today, Sam. Appreciate you being on. Thanks, Clay. Pioneer Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender.